again. This is Charlie O'Shields welcoming you back to another episode of Sketching Stuff. I know that some of you out there listening to this are sketchbook fans, if not fanatics like me, and perhaps some of you haven't yet started to sketch or paint. My hope is that I can inspire everyone in the world to form a daily sketchbook habit because it's personally brought me so much joy. Whether you paint, draw, write, knit, sew, make jewelry, or something else entirely, a sketchbook is a wonderful way to relax and enjoy a bit of doodling each day. Coming up later this month, I'll be appearing in Sketchbook Revival online workshop. It's totally free. Many of you know, by the way, that I'm a bit shy, so this was quite a leap for me, and it's the very first time I've ever appeared on video, so if you're curious, definitely sign up and check it out. You can find the link at sketchingstuff.com. So, I figured I'd dedicate this episode to stories about my love of art and, well, sketchbooks, and the wondrous and energizing effects of making a sketch a day. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. A book you can't forget. Thinking of a prompt one day made me reflect on all of the wonderful books I've read in my life. But as I was doing so, I glanced over and saw my sketchbook and realized it was full of visual stories. In the corner of my room, there's a stack of these sketchbooks creating a tower of wonderful memories. And though I don't go back and look through them very often, I simply can't forget the experience of creating them. Filling the blank pages of a book is an exhilarating and memorable process, one I'm sure many writers feel as well. Prior to sketching stuff each and every day, I would sometimes buy a sketchbook, scribble on a few pages, and then stop. Those books are rather forgettable. But my latest books are a wealth of color, visual thoughts, and experiences that makes each book a little bit magical. When I look at something I sketched a couple of years ago, I can still remember doing so and how I felt at the time. Sometimes, like this one, they're the quickest little sketches, but they always bring back memories of what was happening during that time. And a wonderful reminder that as crazy as my daily sketching habit can seem on those super busy days, it's certainly worth the effort to collect these memories every single day. I don't make documentary sketches like an urban sketcher as mine are meant to illustrate an idea or something that's on my mind that day to accompany my writing. My art journal is then completed on my blog on doodlewash.com and some of those stories are shared here on this podcast. I can type way faster than I could ever write by hand, and my handwriting is completely illegible, even to me. I made this doodle wash of my sketchbook and coffee mug on that weekend where we lost an hour due to daylight savings time. And when you cram all you can into each moment like I do, that missing hour was certainly felt. Thankfully, I still managed to sneak in an hour for that little sketch and post. When I very first started making these sketchbooks, I remember days where I told myself I should skip a day or two and take a break, but I soldiered on and I'm so happy that I did. It's now a permanent part of my world and not something remotely optional. That's quite a breakthrough for me as I've never done anything with this degree of regularity in my life. I'm usually always bouncing onto new things by this point and looking back on what I used to do as one might some passing fad. I'm really quite proud of all the little sketchbooks I've created over these past few years. And even losing an hour that weekend made me secretly happy as I was thrilled that spring was coming. 
More daylight hours and warmer temperatures will be a welcome gift to be sure. Each time this transition happens, I get itchy to try new things and make something new happen, so I'm equally excited for the things I have planned ahead. Things that, in truth, now seem ridiculously difficult to attempt given this is my side hobby, but that's all part of the fun. I sincerely hope that each of you out there are always pursuing all of your dreams each day as well. Life would be bitterly dull if it only consisted of things we were required to do. I prefer those things that just feel like a must-do because my heart is screaming for them to happen next. Those are definitely the most fulfilling things of all. And though many of the projects I attempt next could quite possibly fail, I've never any regrets when it comes to trying. New things are what create a more interesting plot in life, and they make waking up to start each day much more thrilling and enjoyable. I guess in many ways, as I enjoy my time on this little green planet, I hope to live my whole life like a book you can't forget. My Messy Travel Palette Though I was quite sure I'd end up with some shiny new art supplies when we were visiting family in Paris this past year, I didn't pick up anything new at all. But in truth, I rather adored the setup I currently have, which is very compact and also currently extremely messy. I refilled a few colors at the very last minute before the trip, which I'm prone to do, and they didn't have time to dry properly before I tossed everything into my suitcase. Cobalt Turquoise was the primary culprit and decided to take a little tour of my paint case, covering half of my Nicolazzo yellow, but thankfully didn't entirely spoil it or any of the other colors. I'm also testing out my handheld scanner, which seems to make each image a bit darker, but far closer to the original than my phone. There's very low light in our apartment in Paris, and it would be impossible to get a good photo during my now after midnight and later posts. But even if my palette is a touch messy, it's a lovely travel companion to have along with me. And it's something I can sketch from life, since my time outdoors is always spent with family and friends, so making a sketch is impossible, so as not to be terribly rude. Also, it requires every ounce of focus I have to desperately try and make out pieces of the conversation as my French is still woefully inadequate. My palette, my doodle washes, and my ability to speak French all share the same bit of clumsiness. I'm just excited to be a part of everything and do what I can as I go along. For my doodle washes, this gives them a bit of a sketchy energy which culminates in a bit of a recognizable style. My butchery of the French language isn't about style, but instead about an accent, which is roughly the same thing. And my palette hasn't been wiped down or cleaned in ages, which is probably just called lazy, but it's typical me, so it fits. I'm not fastidious in my approach to things and prefer to launch into them with glee and fun instead. Some people are quite organized and those folks are likely going into shock while listening to this, but everyone has different things that bring them joy. My thing is being a bit reckless, to be sure, but I love not quite knowing what will happen next. There are already so many things in life that come with rules, it's nice to take a break and savor a life without them. While in Paris, we took Philippe's mother to see the musical Chicago, which had been translated entirely into French. 
There was a monitor with English subtitles as well, so the whole culture clash was a bit crazy and super fun. It was wild to hear the French version of some of the silliest bits of dialogue and lyrics from the show, and intriguing to listen to the insanely talented cast attempt to use the same melodic line to cram in all of the necessary French words, or vowels as I like to call them since consonants are so often ignored when spoken. This last bit means that I can read French quite well, but speaking or hearing it is a complete mystery to me still. I constantly ask Philippe to repeat something, and then when he does, I frantically say, spell it, spell it. What I've learned is that it's far easier to remember an entire phrase in French than attempt to make one on my own. So I'm resigned to being only understood when saying bits of things that rarely ever apply to the current conversation. The effect, I'm quite sure, makes me sound like a lunatic, but I get charm points for at least trying. Like my approach to art, a perfectionist would be perfectly appalled in these situations, but I just giggle and move on. And each day in Paris, it was fun to return to our little apartment and have a bit of tea and sit down in a cozy yet dimly lit space to sketch once again, reunited with my messy travel palette. Love Note Day. One year on September 26, I decided to celebrate Love Note Day, a day to tell someone that you love them by writing it in the form of a note. Since my handwriting is complete rubbish, I decided to instead simply draw the tools one might use for such a task. And yes, I fully realize that the day is not meant to be a love letter to art supplies, as that would be perfectly weird. Or would it? I'm never sure. As anyone who loves art supplies knows, it's all a bit of a toss-up, really. And true love notes, one might assume, are meant to be shared only between two people. This in itself is an idea that's rather nostalgic these days, when every memory is shared on social media upon its inception. Those olden days of waiting for correspondence to arrive in the mail seem like distant history. But any expression of love in my book is a good and wonderful thing. I actually considered writing a love note to Philippe for this particular post, which would be rather intriguing since I know he doesn't read them or listen to this podcast. Then I considered writing one to my dog Phineas, but I have no idea if he reads them or not, so that would be potentially awkward. So I've just decided to contemplate the idea of love itself. It's actually a strange thing when you consider it. That moment when a feeling burns just a bit brighter when someone else enters the room. It's perfectly magical in so many ways because it's equally impossible to justify. Why that person and not the person standing just behind them? What was it exactly that made a heart decide that this one was the most important person of them all? Even as I look back and think about meeting Philippe for the first time, I can't explain any of it. It's as though destiny stepped in to do all of my thinking for me, and I'm so glad it did. My rational mind would have never accepted a binational relationship that in its inception had no foreseeable path of working out. A rational mind would have simply deemed it ridiculous and moved on. And yet, here I am, years later, living a life that was actually perfectly impossible. That to me is a rather amazing thing indeed. Love makes us do things we didn't think were even conceivable, setting us on a course that can always make our dreams come true. Whether it's that special someone in our lives or that special feeling we get when we create something new. 
In those moments, the impossible becomes only probable and things we never thought could happen actually do. These are the thoughts that fill my mind. And if I could write them down properly on paper, I certainly would. Instead, I'll type them into a little blog post, adding to my endless thoughts and rambles captured with a bit of watercolor and pen and ink. Over the course of blogging my stories on doodlewash.com, I've written the word count equivalent of 15 novels. So my letter writing skills should be quite advanced by this point. But when it comes to that pure adoration that poets always write about, I often feel I have no words at all. How does one accurately describe something that they themselves are still figuring out? I guess in the end, one can only take a little moment to write about it as they celebrate Love Note Day. My favorite art supplies. Though I adore all types of art supplies, I once approached a prompt of my favorite art supplies in an if I were stranded on a desert island kind of way. It's equally not lost on me that one more S in desert would make a dessert island, which would be amazing. At the very least, if stranded somewhere, I would need my two fountain pens, one filled with sepia ink and the other filled with black ink. And I guess a case of ink not pictured would be pretty important as well. My sketchbook and, of course, watercolor paint. I have a mechanical pencil that I use sometimes as well, but for some weird reason I just see better with a pen in my hand. I often do a quick pencil scribble first, but I'll always end up correcting perspective and adding more accurate lines when I'm holding my pen. I remember the first time I sketched without a pencil and went straight to ink. It was so exhilarating, which is probably why I called the post to look mom, no pencil, though I'm not particularly certain why I called out my mother because she lacks a computer and doesn't even read my blog. But had she been reading along, I'm quite certain she would have been just as thrilled as I was at the time. It's true that I really love my fountain pens. I'm not a traditional painter, more of an illustrator who just loves to doodle and play with color. Drawing has always been something that's been interesting to me, and I truly thought I would never be able to paint anything. In college, my painting classes were all taught using acrylic paint, and I found it messy and could never quite make what I wanted. And though initially I was thrilled by the discovery of painting light to dark, these days, you'll often find me more often painting dark to light, doing it completely backwards when it comes to watercolor. But my drawing classes were always my favorite. I love the idea that with a few or several lines, you could make something come to life on the page. The only thing that I missed in those classes was my love of color. So discovering watercolor just a few years ago now was a revelation. Combining these two passions was the origin of the name Doodle Wash and was an attempt to describe what I was doing. Granted, I love all types of watercolor painting, so Doodle Wash is a site that has grown to be about so much more. Doodle Wash has become more about the idea of embracing the medium and using it in whatever way that you prefer. Lately, I've been far more drawn to sepia ink, but I use both in this little Doodle Wash. Each pin shown in the cover art is sketched in the color of the ink it contains. The blue one was a present from Philippe because it was a special edition that looked like the Doodle Wash icon color. 
an unassuming little icon that simply says, Do, the primary message that I hope to send out into the world. There are so many different ways to use watercolor, and I hope that each and every one of you discover your way. Learn from everyone you possibly can, and in the end, you'll find the method that clicks for you. For those wondering about my own approach, it's an unexpected amalgamation formed from awesome urban sketching instructors and those who create food and botanical illustrations, all still done in a very quick fashion. One day, I may try to make a painting that lasts more than an hour, but in the meantime, I'm quite content having my special little moment each day, enjoying my time with my favorite art supplies. That little break during the day. When thinking about a prompt of the best time of day, I immediately thought of a coffee break. I have a few of these during the day, and the last one in the evening is a bit of espresso, signaling the very end of the day. That's what I chose to sketch because no matter how much I failed to accomplish, the end of the day marks a pure moment of relaxation. And better yet, the promise of an entirely new day where I can see just how much I can get done again. This entire week has been a bit crazy as our only car has been in the shop the entire time. Rather than get a rental car, like most sane people, we've adopted a new lifestyle of living without. So I've walked to work all this week and grabbed rides home from co-workers and Philippe has taken the bus. Tonight we were out of wine, so we walked to the wine shop to get some. This all took a bit of extra time that a car would certainly expedite, but in my head, I couldn't help but compare it to a coffee break. For a blissful moment, through all that charging forth to get things done, I paused and did something that moved none of those things forward. It was cathartic, and I loved it. And when I came back to those things, I was energized and excited to do them. There's much to be said for taking a little break during the day. All throughout my career, I've always struggled with my attention span. It's really short. Like, totally crazy, I don't know what we're talking about anymore after this lovely 30 minutes of conversation short. It's always been an added challenge for me throughout my life. What I've done to combat it is to take frequent breaks during the day. Thankfully, I've always been in creative jobs where something like this isn't usually questioned. I just need a few moments to redirect my mind and then I can focus again properly. Sketching with watercolor has been incredible because I've been able to spend even more than 30 minutes, though usually much less than an hour, making something each and every day. People often talk about needing their caffeine to function properly. Though I adore my coffee, I truly think I really just need my sketching break. It's an adrenaline boost that no lovely cappuccino or espresso could dare compete. And though today I was exhausted and feeling a bit uninspired when I started, I was rejuvenated by the time my sketch was complete. This is the exact reason I hold monthly challenges and get nearly crazy with excitement and encouraging others to form a sketchbook habit. Sometimes, during the day at work, I grab my coffee quickly and finish my little break by sketching a bit. Yes, despite posting my finished sketch each and every day for almost four years, I still, on rare occasions, manage to sketch things that I don't post. Stranger still, perhaps, this only happened recently, when the euphoric feeling of drawing truly took hold. When I started, I would simply focus on making my answer for a prompt each day. Today, I can't seem to stop sketching in every little moment I find. 
My earlier sketchbooks are quite linear with exactly what you find posted on doodlewash.com. My latest sketchbooks are filled with scribbles and doodles that never make it to a main stage post. I'm sure this is normal for those who do art full time, but since I'm just a casual artist doing things frantically on the side, it feels amazing. Sketching has officially become my new coffee break and I'm thrilled to do it each and every time. In this doodle wash, I added a cube of sugar to my espresso that I don't ever really use in real life. But in my artistic life, my sketchbook habit has become my own cube of sugar and energizes me each time I enjoy that little break during the day. Making a Journal of Life When I first started blogging just over three years ago, I never thought I'd still be writing each and every day. I initially started my blog on doodlewash.com simply to inspire myself to keep sketching and painting. What happened next was truly unexpected, even to me. Each little thing that appeared on paper triggered memories, and I then began to share them in the form of what many of you now recognize as my daily rambles. I once tried writing by hand in a physical journal during an entire trip to Italy. It was a fun experience, but my handwriting is so ridiculously poor, childish, impulsive, and unintelligible that I could barely read what I'd written after that. I quickly transcribed every word into a digital journal while I could still make out the memories and kept up with that for another couple of years before abandoning it entirely. Yet today, I've been keeping a personal daily journal for over three years, so that's quite a record. Well, personal in content, but there's no lock on my journal. It even goes out an email to those who subscribe. And while I realize a live stream of consciousness journal is not what one typically finds on a modern blog much these days, it's still what you'll always find in my posts. What I found interesting about blogging, or at least my horribly unstructured approach to it, is that I don't really edit anything I write at all. I literally type like I'm writing in a written journal, though thankfully, due to modern technology, you and I can both actually read what the heck I've written. I find that miraculous, and if you're curious, no, the currently unpublished trip to Italy would have appeared here in full had I been blogging at the time. I don't have any thoughts to hide. I'm not sure they're all worthy of publication, but though I'm a shy person in real life, I'm not at all shy about sharing my musings on life. If you happen to wander over to me at a party, where I'll be the one cowering in the corner, our conversation would be roughly like these posts. Yeah, a bit rambling, if not a touch crazy, but always honest, true, and exactly what I'm thinking in the moment. If nothing else, I think live journaling has made me even truer in my writing. I don't write about things that are sensational or horribly provocative because I honestly don't find anything truly important in life to be like that. The important bits of life are more often pleasantly mundane and just maybe a bit thought-provoking. So that's what you'll always find in my stories. I've seen many artists who share gloriously well-lettered and illustrated journal pages, and I'm always impressed and astounded. You are my heroes, and I salute you. I only wish I could make letters that look that beautiful, but mine just look like scribbles and like someone who's had too much absinthe. Rather than attempt to be exactly like those people I do admire, though, 
I forged my own version in these hand-typed stories that you're listening to right now. As I'm constantly cheerleading each of you on to do, I honestly can't stress enough to remember to always do what works best for you. If you find you don't quite fit in perfectly to the other art communities, then feel free to come and hang out with us over at doodlewash.com. There you'll be applauded for simply being yourself and loving to paint with watercolor and drawing and what moves you. Yeah, it's painfully simple. No rules and no expectations. Just a celebration of art in whatever way it appears, as together, each day, we find ourselves happily making a journal of life. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Bye.